You're listening to Ridecast, the podcast of the Widow Sons Ridings chapter. Any opinions expressed in this episode do not represent those of the Widow Sons Masonic Biker Association, UK and Ireland. You can reach us on Facebook at Widow Sons Ridings chapter, on Instagram at Widow Sons underscore Ridings chapter, on our website at ridingschapter.co.uk, and by emailing the show directly at ridecast at hotmail.com. Right, that's the housekeeping done. Kickstands up, on with the show. Hello, 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 and welcome to Ridecast Season 1, Episode 4, and do we have a show for you today? Yes, we do. But first, it's my job to introduce you to myself and the co-hosts. I am the host with the most. My name is Yaka, and I ride a Honda VTX 1800. Now, my co-host number one, rumour has it he was recruited when he was in Oxford by MI6 to work as a double agent. He's now with us live via satellite link from Moscow. What does he ride? Nobody knows because he never talks about it. From Russia with love, it's Gremlin. It's Gremlin. Live from the Kremlin. Good (laughs) afternoon from Russia. Hello, Gremlin. My second co-host, he's the other half of the Honda sandwich. He's Justin Bieber, Jimmy Osmond, and David Cassidy rolled into one. Yes, he's riding chapters, heartthrob, it's Pigpen. <laughs> Good afternoon, brethren, how are we? How's it going, Pig Pen? Oh, yeah, after an intro like that, very good. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. hear that I hear the fan club is building, Gremlin. It is, it is. Well, do we start do we start with a pig pen pal email? Or no, do we we'll, wait to the we'll very wait till end? The end? We'll we'll but I'm just worried it. that I'm just worried that Ed and aged 84 may not make it all the way through the show. <laughs> cool. All right, so so tell me, guys, in the last four weeks since we last recorded, what have you what have you guys been up to? I've been polishing my pipes. Right, good, good. I've done a little bit of polishing on the old chrome as well. Um, speaking of pipes, last month you may remember I told you about fitting the mustache bars, and I was a little concerned because as I. Uh, you may remember I said the clearance wasn't very good. They're actually lower than the foot pegs. Well, I can confirm they grind out very easily, especially on roundabouts. I've had a, a couple of times where they've touched down. And with them being hollow tubes, they don't have to make a racket. They really are noisy. It scares scares the hell out of Vicky every time they touch down. And on the le- on the left-hand side as well, I hit the bottom of a hill on a left, slight left-hand bend, and obviously the uh, suspension compressed a little bit. So I'm, I'm kind of, it's putting me off slightly, although I do like having my feet up on the highway pegs, you know, when you're cruising down yeah. the motorway, feet up on the highway pegs, nice and comfy. But yeah, this grinding out on corners, I'm going to have to adjust my riding. I can't ride like Pigpen anymore. Yeah. So, well, can I just interject here? I think Pigpen, you're quite used to grinder, aren't you? Am I getting confused with that other show you do? Yes, you're getting confused there, Gremlin. It must be the uh, the age that you get into. It must be. It so must have you be. done any more work on any of your fleet of motorcycles you have in your garage, Pigpen? Uh, I have took the GSXR uh, for MOT the other day, so that's that passed, that's that done. And I've, I've just still had a bit of a problem with the VTX, the clutch. I put a new clutch in and it, it, it was slipping still after, after I put it in. Right. So, Any ideas? Up, well, I put the master cylinder to pieces, and that was all blocked. So I put a new master cylinder kit in it, yeah. and it's still doing it. 
Oh, it's, like a, it's like book of bedtime. This you're turning everybody asleep now. Come on, guys. <laughs> I'm interested no, no. because because obviously having a VTX, I'm. I'm He's not about his clutch slipping. <laughs> I think it's. I, I, I'm down to the pipe now between the two. It's not the clutch. The clutch is fine. It could be the oil. It's, maybe a different grade of oil. No, no. It's it, it's the uh, the re, the return spring in the center of the clutch basket right. is staying is staying out. Right. So it's not fully engaged uh, in the clutch then. You should, yeah, you should do what I do. Buy a new bike. Garage. Buy a new Just bike every three months. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. So, any have you have you been up to anything then, Gremlin, apart from polishing your pipes? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, in fact, a little bit of riding because it's been so nice. I've been riding to work. Um, I think I might get an opportunity on Tuesday um, to do that. And then it rule of six starts tomorrow. So good chance of a meet up outdoors. Six of us, social oh, distance. And and we've been making headway with our Rosalind trip plans. We have indeed. We have indeed. And we've, we've, got a date, we've got a date now for the Ace Cafe and Grand Lodge trip as well. Uh, so that's end of July. And Rosalind is end of August. But also I've been uh, having discussions with my wife. She's got a um, Harley Davidson Sportster 1200T super low. And she wants to customise it a little bit. So if anybody wants to send in some tips about what to do, you know, we've been looking at pipes. She's got some slip-ons at the moment. Um, she thinks mini grenades might be too small. She's thinking the big radius, possibly. So any other thoughts apart from Vance and Hines? What would you put on a custom or to, to make a... 1200t super low more customized yeah any any suggestions ridecast at hotmail.com send them in we're we're waiting for your emails i've, I've got one yeah that'll increase the value tenfold <laughs> oh while while i've got what well, i'm just thinking now as well um to the listeners out there uh, we will be putting a post on our Facebook page to accompany this episode as per usual. So I thought I'd mention it during recording rather than have to do an overdub afterwards, which I've done in the past. So whilst you listen to this episode, head to our Facebook page, Widow Sons hyphen Riding Chapter. There'll be a post to accompany episode four of Ridecast with some pictures on of what we are talking about today. So are we ready to go, guys? We are. Okay. Right. Segment number one. Um, we're actually doing a segment on motorcycles in movies, um, iconic motorcycles in our favourite movies or popular movies. And we're going to call this segment... I need your clothes, your boots and your motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so who's starting then? Who wants to get the, get the ball rolling? Well, if you're number one, we'll let you go first. OK, I'll go first. Right. I'm going way back in time, way, way back to an iconic movie... The 1953 movie *The Wild One*, starring Marlon Brando, and this actually this movie actually is based on a true story. Back in 1947 or around that time, there was a an annual motorcycle rally organized by the AMA, which is Amer the American Motorcyclist Associ Association, and they held a rally in a in a place called Hollister in California. It was the Gypsy Tour Rally, and they held it every year. And this was obviously, you know, back in 47, you know, bikes were becoming popular. It was the end of the war and uh, and it got busier and busier every year. And this one particular year, 1947 in Hollister, 750 motorcycles rolled into the town. 2,000 to 4,000 people were there and uh, they called it or rather the journalists called it the Hollister riots because things got a, a little bit out of hand. There was a lot of drinking, a lot of drunken 
bikers riding around. Quite a lot of fights going on, a little bit of looting. It got a little bit out of hand, but to be honest with you, I think it was um, sensationalised by the by the newspapers. And the AMA released a statement afterwards, and this is this is the interesting part. This is the historical part. They said the trouble was caused by the one percent deviant that tarnishes the public image of both motorcycles and motorcyclists. The other ninety nine percent of motorcyclists are good, decent, law abiding citizens. So it was the one percent that were causing the trouble, according to the the our American. Pig pen, our pig pen is the ninety nine percent deviant in our club. <laughs> So, yeah, so that is where the phrase one percenters comes from, that the the outlaw clubs, you know, they wear that as a badge of honour. They say they are the one percenters and they wear the one percenter diamond patch. So that's where that comes from. So Brando, Marlon Brando plays Johnny, the leader of the Black Rebels MC. Cool name. Um, And there's a famous line from that. Johnny, what are you rebelling against? And he says, what do you got? Which is cool. But any ideas what bike Johnny rides, what Brando rides in that movie? Triumph. Yeah, but a lot of people think it's a, a Harley, but surprisingly enough, it's a, a 1950 Triumph Thunderbird that he rides in that movie. And there's some iconic photographs of him sat on that bike with the leather jacket and the cocks. Yeah. I don't know what you'd call that type of hat, but it has the peak and it's the, the classic biker look from the 50s. So so that's the uh, the wild one with a with a lovely Triumph Thunderbird. And when we were when I was doing research on all the bikes in these movies that I love, it's amazing how many times Triumph shows up actually. Yep. Okay, who's next? Well, the first one I'm going to talk about is um, obviously a bit of a love of mine, which is Harley Davidson's, and it is the film Terminator 2. So the film came out in 1991, and it has the iconic motorbike, the Harley Davidson Fat Boy. Now, the motorbike itself, the fat boy frame is derived from a 1984 soft tail, which appears to have a rigid hard tail. And it was all to do with Willie G, the grandson of Harley Davidson co-founder William A. Davidson. He originally turned down the engineer Bill Davis's soft tail concept, but the company later relented buying the rights and designing its own soft tail frame in-house. Now, the bike itself was, or the film came out in the late 90s, and it was a 1991 model of the, of the fat boy that they used, the FLSTF. And it was a massive success for both the film and Harley Davidson. Uh, the, the famous 1990 fat boy has been acquired for the Harley Davidson Museum in Milwaukee, and it still shows significant production wear from filming, and it joins a collection of more than 450 motorcycles and thousands of other artifacts housed at the museum in the Harley Davidson archives. Now, there was a famous scene when it went into the, I don't know if they're classed as sewers or something like that, when it they're jumps. Like drain, drain, yeah. drainage things, aren't they, ducks? Now, obviously, Arnie didn't do that, but the stunt man did. And it was, um, there were wires set up to reduce the impact of the bike hitting the ground. Because yeah, I think it, really would have, like, it would have snapped clean in half, <laughs> wouldn't it, from the, that height? The, the weight of the bike would have absolutely, it probably would have just destroyed it. So yeah, these yeah. wires were put in place and it made the landing a lot softer. But it was really, you know, everybody knows um, Arnie for riding a motorbike in Terminator 2 and everybody assumes it is a Harley Davidson and it is, and it's the fat boy. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. <laughs> there it is. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's also claimed that 
the famous Harley Davidson fat boy jump in Terminator 2 is only second to the Great Escape jump, which is probably the most famous motorcycle jump in history. So there you go. So that was my first one. Yeah, and I, th- I think you quite actually, even though you, you pretend to not like Harley Davidson's pig, but I think you quite like a fat boy, don't you? I do, yeah. I think it would be a bike I'd have, but it's, mm. uh, again... Sorry, I was confusing you with your grinder situation. <laughs> I was just going to say he likes a fat boy, does he? <laughs> right, okay. Way overpriced as usual. Yeah, they are. They are they are. still? Are they a model that you can buy now brand new, or are they are they classic? Yeah, no, they absolutely can buy it now. There, there was, um, I think that there was an anniversary one that came out in the 2000s. Was it 2015 or 2014? The the size of the engines has changed. It's now 1745 or even an 1845 engine. And it was when it came out. It was an 80 cubic inch, 1340cc single cam evolution unit, which was introduced in 1984. So With six six horsepower. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's now seven horsepower. You'll be glad to know. How many front discs will that have on, Gremlin? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, do you know what? They have got a minimum of one and a maximum of two. They have a solid, they have solid wheels, don't they? They do, they do. And apparently yeah. that's bit can make them a little bit uh, awkward in crosswinds because they obviously get buffeted about in crosswinds, apparently, because they're like sails, those uh, those solid wheels, aren't they? They look good, though. I like the look of they them. They do, they look fantastic. Okay, Pig Pen, give us what you've got. Give us your number one bike on your list. Well, my number one bike is the Ducati 996 in the film The Matrix. Ah, yes. I think it has to be the most iconic scene ever when Trinity sits astride the said motorcycle. In that leather cat suit? That's the one. You know the scene. (laughs) I do. Uh, Matrix Reloaded, 2003, that was. Is that the original Matrix or a different Matrix? It's the second. It's number two. You see, I never saw the first one. I got a bit confused by it and... uh... Which yeah, is easy, she, easily they, understandable if you know me. I remember yeah. the scene well. They steal it off the top of a uh, vehicle transporter, don't they? They do. They, yes. they jump off a bridge. Uh, uh, she's with the with key, the, key, the key maker. maker. Key maker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a 2001 film, but it was released in 2003. Right. So the uh, oh, Carrie Ann Moss played Trinity. That's right. Yeah. And it's a dark green, dark green 996, because a lot of that movie is tinged with a green filter, oddly enough. Don't ask me why. And they've used that dark green 996. And do you know what? I was recently watching a YouTube video about, it's a short documentary about, about Keanu Reeves' motorcycle factory, because he has his own brand of motorcycles called Arch Motorcycles. And they have in their warehouse stroke factory, they have a viewing area with all the Arch models that they they produce. And they're very expensive bikes. They're made to measure bikes. You literally, you order one, they measure you up and tailor it to your leg length and arm length and all the rest of it. Beautiful bikes. But in their display area, Keanu Reeves has Trinity's Ducati on display Mm -hmm. there from the movie. But it's a lovely bike. Yeah, there was a few of them. There was actually They usually nine. do have a few. Don't, how many? There was nine What's that? bikes Blimey. made for the film. And the last one that sold, sold for £12,500. Which isn't bad, is it, for a 996? No, no it's, it's an old bike now, because like I said, when it came out in 2003, the model that was out then was the 998. Yeah. 
it actually moved on. Of course, yeah. A generation, they went, but, uh, they went 916, didn't they? 916, 996, 998. And then, yeah. 10, is it 1098? I think they're on now, something like that. They get bigger every year, don't they? It, it, yeah, it moved on to 11 something. And, oh, is it? Yeah. Right. They keep altering, but there was one. Uh, I don't know, it was like a, a bit of an urban rumour about the uh, the original Ducatis, and it, it was meant to be based on a female body shape from, That's right, looking yeah. from above. Yeah. When you look down with the uh, those iconic twin under seats. Uh, yeah, we covered this. We mentioned it in exhausting. episode two, didn't we, yeah. when we were doing the uh, the bike listing episode two. Yeah. yeah. For, those for, you, for those listeners who don't know us all well, Pigpen does, does suffer from Alzheimer's, so that's why he's forgotten what we did last month. <laughs> Says you, we did the fat boy. <laughs> <laughs> that was the very first episode. <laughs> oh, was it? Okay. But uh, yeah, that, that chase is incredible because they actually, they're being chased going the wrong way up a freeway, aren't they, towards oncoming traffic. It's an amazing scene. Amazing. Yeah, well, they built, the, they built that freeway purposely for the film. It was that's crazy. Uh, yeah, a little bit of freeway that, that they actually made, and it cost two and a half million just to build that one mile of right road. that they used over and over that same yeah, section just to be able to and... fill, film that little bit in they must have had a lot of stunt drivers those... then must have had a lot of stunt really big high walls on the sides that's right yeah yeah so they can't see any landscapes around sort of thing but i get you yeah, that makes sense yeah is it my turn again guys yeah. Okay, so my next bike is, uh, it's from the movie The Dark Knight, 2008. It's the Christian Bale Batman movie, the second Batman movie I believe he did, because he did Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and then The Dark Knight Rises. So this is the middle one of the three. This is the movie that Heath Ledger plays the Joker in, if you've seen it. And I haven't in that... seen any of them. Have you not? Oh, they're really good. No, they're really good. They're, I, yeah, no, they're never... Are you more of a Michael Keaton Batman fan? Or a George more of a, he's more of an Adam West Batman fan, is that all? <laughs> um, yeah. uh, sure up, Robin. <laughs> there's, a new, there's a new set of Batmans coming out, incidentally, um, with the guy from Twilight. What's he called? Robert Pattinson, is it? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And yes. Uh, they've released photographs of him on his new new bike, and no one can figure out what it is. But that's a whole other subject. Um, so anyway, the Christian Bale bike, there is a scene. You can't actually call it a Batman bike because he's not in his Batman outfit when he rides it, rides it in the movie. He's still dressed as Bruce Wayne. But he rides uh, an MV Augusta F4, which is a 750cc inline four sports bike. Absolutely beautiful. On a par, I would say, Pigpen, with the beauty of the 916, almost. Um, it's MV is a, is a subsidiary company of Kajiva, so Italian. And the F4, this particular model from the movie, is designed by, any guesses, Gremlin? This is a name you've heard of before. Armani. No, good guess, though. This is a name that you came up with a couple of episodes back. It was Massimo Tamburini. So he, oh, we he all rattle our tambourines. <laughs> hey, Mr. Tamburini, man. So this is what you would call an exotic bike, very expensive, um, very sleek, Italian-looking, um, and designed by the same guy that did the Ducati 916. So it's, oh, yeah. So go. that's the Dark Knight Christian Bale Batman bike, the MV Augusta F4. Oh, okay, over to you, Gremlin. Right, well, now my second bike is a bike that I actually own, and it's from one of the films, which I was actually a stunt double for, uh, the lead actor, <laughs> Rambo First Blood. Oh, yeah, and... you do look like St Stallone, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, absolutely. 
Anyway, do we know what bike Stallone rides when he breaks out of the prison? Uh, sorry, out, out of the police station. What bike does he take? I, I don't, it's a scrambler. I, I yes. know now because I've had the it's, conversation with you, but it's a scrambler. It's a Honda XT250, I think. Honda? You're Honda right. obsessed, it, man. It's a Yamaha XT250. Uh, yes. Not to be confused with its bigger brother, the XT500, which I think uh, somebody else might be doing in a few minutes. Coming back to that. So, anyway, this goes back to 1982. Um, First Blood is a dramatic action-adventure movie starring Sylvester Stallone as the reckless PTSD-suffering Vietnam vet John Rambo. Now, I remember when it came out, I can't remember it being called First Blood, I just thought it was called Rambo, because I think that's what it was, and they obviously brought out more more films. Anyway, he's being chased by the nasty sheriff. Sheriff, Brian Dennehy. Sheriff Brian Dennehy. Yeah, yeah. And he jumps railroad tracks and hits rocky trails for almost three full minutes on his bike. Even if you aren't a biker, you could tell Rambo had some serious skills that had cleanly had a sport motorcycle. Anyway, it puts it to the test, weaving around obstacles and taking the bike both on and off ride. The first generation XT, do we know what XT stands for? It stands for cross trail. So there you yeah, go. 250s were manufactured from 1980 to 1983. I've got a 1981 XT250, well, it's actually my wife's, and have since made the little thumper a staple of back road riding. They had a 249cc single-cylinder four-stroke engine with a five-speed transmission and with a horsepower rating of 22 HP, which is actually, is that 18 more than the Harley-Davidson Fatboy pig pen? You'll, you'll, you'll tell me for sure. And he was able to reach a top speed of 75 miles an hour. And so, I think he, I think if I remember, he's not far off doing that in the movie. He is absolutely yeah, flat out, and yeah. he's he's wearing a t-shirt and no crash yeah. helmet. It's terrifying yeah. to watch, but it's, it's a cold. great chase. It, yeah, it looks cold, and yeah. he ends up uh, riding up a, a a real rocky outcrop and flipping the bike and ditches it. Yeah. The, the sheriff turns his car over and comes after him. It's fantastic. I love that movie. Brilliant movie. I was watching so Rambo the, 2 the other day. Were you? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go Well, the, the top speed, so from 84 to 90 and the third generation, 2008 to present generation of the XT250s manufactured by Yamaha, the latest can only reach a top speed of 76. They haven't improved it too much. But nonetheless, the XT250 is classed as a dual sport bike for both on and off-road riding. And, they're four and they strokes. are really nice. They're four strokes, I take it. They're not two strokes. Single cylinder four stroke. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and does your is yours a runner or is it uh... Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Uh, kicks, uh, Buzz, is, are they kickstart or electric start? One of our very end members, Buzz, actually did it up for me. We, we bought it as a not really a scrapper, but well, it was actually, it was horrific. Found it on eBay and um, we had it renovated or restored, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely fantastic. The, the the original colours, the traditional colours, the, uh, the the grey and white, and we managed to get the decals for it, and it does look superb. It is a runner. Yeah. Um, is it, is it a kickstart? Kick absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the only problem with... Well, we'll go over one that you're going to go over. I'll talk about that in more detail with you because they're a right pig to start at yeah, times. Yeah. But no, they look great. Yeah, love them. And they're starting to become a bit of a collector's item as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and brilliant in First Blood. Love yes, that scene. Good brilliant. enough for Rambo, good enough for me. Yes. Right, Grim, uh, Pigpen, over to you for your next bike. Well, I can't believe I'm doing it, but anyway, I looked at the uh, film Wild Hogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
John Travolta. Uh, from one yeah. bar to another. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the four bikes that were, were, were in that film. Uh, so oh. do, you, do you know what they were, Gremlin? I would imagine if it's called Wild Hogs, they may have been Hondas. <laughs> Harley Davidsons. They're all Harleys, are they? All from your neck of the world, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, My favourite so film. Had, we had Travolta. He was on the Screaming Eagle Fat Boy. Then we had, also on a Fat Boy, was Tim Allen. Yeah, Buzz, Buzz Lightyear, the voice of Buzz Lightyear, that guy, isn't he? Tim Allen. Yeah. And then we had Martin Lawrence. Yep, he from Bad Boys. On, yep, he was on a FXST Springer Softail. Wasn't he also Frank in Father of the Bride? No. He was the man with the funny voice. No, he wasn't. He was. Martin, Martin Lauren. You're thinking of Martin Short. I could be. Yeah, you did. This, <laughs> this guy, the guy that Big Pen's talking about is a black guy. And then we had uh, William Macy, who was on the uh, XL1200C Sports to Custom. And remind us, go. what was the premise of that movie? Well, it, it set off that Travolta sort of lost everything, didn't he? He was getting divorced and his life was sort of imploding. So he wanted to do a, uh, a, a bit of a cross-country run. Yeah. Road trip! Uh, it's road like trip. me, a midlife crisis. So what do you do? You buy a Harley <laughs> Davidson. So they set off on a road trip, didn't they? And they were yeah, he gets three of his buddies uh, together, doesn't he? And they, yeah, they call themselves the Wild Hogs. Cincinnati to California, they were... They were doing the ride, but yeah, I don't know. There's some other bikes and bits and bats in it, and the uh, Orange Orange County Chopper Boys, if you remember them on telly. Are they? Yeah, are they in the movie. They actually make a uh, cameo appearance. Ah, right, right. I tell you who else is uh, in it. The villain. There's like a villain outlaw club that chases them. Yeah. And the leader yeah. is played by Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. Henry Hill in Goodfellas. Yeah. Well, yeah. some of those bikes that that were in on on that side. They were done by Orange County Shoppers. Right, right. And, and that, that's how they got to get the uh, little cameo appearance. Uh, it's a good movie. In the film. Yeah, yeah. It's one of them sort of bit jovial, sort of feel good. There's one of the one of the guys, I remember. They get one of the trash, wild though, guys. don't they? Yeah, well, well one, of the, one of the wild hog guys can't ride, can he? And he's forever crashing. He's always setting yeah. off yeah. and crash. I can't remember which one it was, but was it, was it William Macy? William H. Macy is he the one that keeps crashing. I think so. I yeah. I think so. Yeah, he's the computer uh, computer geek, isn't he? Yeah, he's the he's the gremlin of the group. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, w w was it stationary when he dropped it? No, he's not that bad a rider. <laughs> yeah, no, he, it was moving. I've yeah. got a, I've got a little bit of a niche movie here, which only total movie nerds like myself will have probably heard of, but there is a link to Keanu Reeves. It's a movie called My Own Private Idaho, a 1991 movie. It's an early movie starring Keanu Reeves and his best buddy at the time, River Phoenix, who, you know, sadly died a few years later. Um, but it's a very art house sort of noir type movie, some adult subject matters, matter involved in this one. But uh, the reason I brought it up is because there's a beautiful bike that appears throughout the movie. Keanu Reeves rides it. It's a, it's a Norton Commando, a 750 parallel twin made by the Norton Villiers British Motorcycle Company between 1967 and 1977. And Keanu Reeves rides this bike through the movie. A lot of open road, beautiful scenery uh, of him and River Phoenix two up on this bike. And uh, 
and it's actually Keanu Reeves' private bike. He used his own bike that he owned for the movie. I'm not sure if he still owns the bike now, but I have seen recent footage footage of him riding through New York on a Norton Commando. So it might well be the same bike, although who knows. But yeah, a classic Norton Commando 750. So that's my own private Idaho. Just while you're on about uh, Keanu Reeves there, they are talking of making a Matrix 4. Yes, they are. I heard that, yeah. And there is a bike in that, and that's going to be the Ducati Scrambler, by all accounts. Ah. I didn't know they... That must be something that's quite new, because I've not not heard of the Ducati Scrambler. I lost a lot after Matrix 1. Yeah, no, the actual... uh, there, there is a bike called Ducati Scrambler. It does look quite a nice. Uh... Oh, I guess I'm guessing that'll have a V-twin engine in it, will it? I'd have very much thought so. Because Harley Davidson mm. are doing a big adventure bike, aren't they? A big V-twin adventure. Pan America. That's right. That's the one. I yeah. am going to the launch of that in Leeds at Leeds Harley Davidson on the 30th of April. Looks nice. I like it. A lot of people don't think it looks a bit odd, but I, I quite like the look of it. It looks very futuristic with that big square front headlight on the on yeah. the front of the bike. Now, if I say the following line, would you know what the film is? Some say the Captain America motorcycle is the most famous motorcycle in the world. No idea. You don't know what film that is? What is it from Is actual... it from a Marvel movie by any chance? No, not Captain America or anything like that. Nothing to do with Marvel superheroes. Two guys, one is Henry Fonda. I know what you're talking about. Does this bike happen to have a Stars and Stripes paint job on the Yes, that's the Captain America motorcycle. Ah, right, right. I get you. Easy Rider. Easy Easy Rider, rider. yes. Yes. Now, there's... If if you said what bikes are the ones in Easy Rider, what would you say straight away? Because it's America. Harley chops, aren't they? Harley chops. Well, they are chops, but do you really want to use the name Harley Davidson? I'm sure somebody will write in and say, yeah, they're either Harley Davidson, they're not Harley Davidson, because they were choppers. They were made specifically for this film. And the legend has it that um, Peter Fonda. Uh, uh, was involved with the design of them from the very beginning. They were actually bought from auction from, I think it was the Los Angeles Police Department, and they were taken to a very famous chop shop at the time. So they went to purchase the engines at the Los Angeles Police Department auction and coordinated the building of the bikes. Peter Honda has said himself that he played a Peter great Honda? role. Peter Honda? Don't you mean Peter Fonda? Peter Fonda on Hon- his Honda. <laughs> Honda on Honda the brain. On the brain. Yeah. Honda on the brain. <laughs> and he's... Freudian <laughs> slip there. And he said that he built the motorcycles that him and Dennis Hopper rode. So he said... He nearly said Dennis Honda them, then. Dennis Honda <laughs> Peter Honda. Peter Honda. I bought four Dennis of them from Honda. Los Angeles Police Department. I love the political co- incorrectness of that. And it said that five black guys from what's helped me build these. A publicist for Honda said that these were that he was unavailable for comment on this story. But the guy that built them, uh, Clifford Vaughan, I think he's dead now, was a very famous chopper builder. Right. And these are probably the most expensive, was the most expensive motorcycle that came up at auction not so long ago. Well, so they're still in existence somewhere then? Yeah, there is. There's one that's allegedly in the UK. I was speaking to a antique, a, a company that moves antiques around the country, 
and he got a particular antique to take to somewhere and he walked into this house and there was one of the Easy Rider choppers in there. Wow. And he said it was absolutely incredible. Any idea but, what they went for at auction? It was over a million pounds. It said the chopper craze was well on the way by the late 60s, but the film solidified and popularised the form internationally. And for a time, the message the film and this motorcycle put forth, the high-rise handlebar, the American flag, the peanut tank, the panhead motor and rigid chrome frame, extended fork, skinny front tyre, fat rear, that's a bit like you, pig pen, plus the step seat <laughs> and sissy bar became the right element of the chopper in this era. So the, the Captain America tribute bike and the Billy bike replica plus Easy Rider movie posters are on display at the National Motorcycle Museum. So the engine is air-cooled overhead valve, 45-degree V-twin, bore and stroke, horsepower 52. So it can't be harder than if it's 52. Is that right, Big Pen? In your honest opinion there? It's chain drive, it's it. fork, 12-inch extended hydraulic, rear suspension rigid, wheels and tyres. Well, obviously it's got two of those, 300 times 21 inches and 5 times 16 uh, top speed of 95. And they've got Jack Nicholson sat on the back. Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson's on the back of that bike, yeah. Peter Fonda rides on the front, Jack Nicholson on the back, and Dennis Hopper. Oh, right, sorry. Yeah, bike. you confused me then. I actually haven't seen the film. I tried to find it the other day. I've never seen it from start to finish. I've seen parts of it in bits and pieces, but never seen the whole movie. It's about it's quite uh, boring. They're, they're trying to smuggle drugs across the country, I believe, yeah, across they're state com- lines. Couple of spliff heads, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But it's a classic movie, and obviously and classic that's bikes. a famous bike. Yeah. Okay, so so my next bike is another another classic, maybe even more famous than the Captain America. Uh, mine is from the 1963 movie The Great Escape. Yes, it's Steve McQueen's escape from a POW camp using a stolen German dispatch rider's bike. He's fleeing from the Nazis, and you may remember the scene. Gremlin mentioned it earlier, where he's riding the bike and doing the jumps over the barbed wire fences. I think he does three jumps in in total and uh, on the third one crashes and ends up getting tangled up in all the, all the barbed wire. Oh, I should have said spoiler alert there, shouldn't I? Mind you, it's been out since 1963, so if you haven't seen it, then it's not my not my problem. But here's the interesting thing about this bike: is it was uh, it wasn't a uh, a German dispatch bike. It was a, actually a 1961 Triumph Trophy TR6, which is a 650cc parallel twin, and it was disguised as a BMW R75. Uh, so it, you know, they made they bolted on a few bits and pieces and changed the color to make it look like a German dispatch rider's bike of the period. Obviously, it's set in in World War II times. I don't know why they didn't just use the genuine BMW. They must have been available, but maybe they weren't suitable for the jumps that they were attempting. Maybe they were just a bit too heavy. But here's the funny thing that I found out about this uh, this particular movie was that McQueen was a very experienced motorist. He was an amazing car driver and a very confident motorcyclist as well. And you may remember a couple of scenes where it's clearly him riding that bike. There's actually one famous scene where he rides up to the camera and brings the bike around broadside on that wet field, that wet grass he's on. And he looks you know, supremely confident, very in control of that big heavy bike that he's riding. Apparently, McQueen wanted to do the the jumps. He wanted to actually jump the bike over the uh, the barbed wire uh, fencing, but obviously the studio said, "No way, no way, we we can risk you breaking a leg and." put in production back six months so they got a stunt double obviously to do the jumps during those jumps gremlin has told me that apparently um during the uh the, st- the stunt doubles riding section 
uh, McQueen threw on a Nazi uniform and is actually one of the ri- German riders chasing his own stunt he is? double. Yep. He's chasing himself. And the stunts, the the stunt jumps were performed by a stunt double. But in between takes, the rumor has it, or the legend has it, that McQueen jumped on one of the uh, the Triumph Trophy motorcycles and went off and did the jumps himself to prove that he could. Uh, obviously, not captured on camera because the cameras weren't rolling. But he he wanted to prove to everyone that he could do it, and apparently he did do those jumps. So, so that's the great escape, the uh, Steve McQueen that again triumph. Triumph popping up again, the Triumph Trophy TR6. Okay, Pigpen, over to you. Well, my next film was the uh, film called The Fastest Indian. World's Fastest Indian. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the actual film. It is a good film if you if you haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on a guy called Bert Munro from New Zealand, and he was riding a 1920 Indian Scout. So Anthony Hopkins plays Bert in the film. Set in 1962, and it, uh, it it follows the follows Bert's sort of exploits, trying to get his little one man band over to the uh, Bonneville Speedway to do the fastest, the, the land speed attempt, record yeah. attempts, yeah, yeah. And he's it, it, trying to get the land speed attempt for the under thousand cc motorbike, uh, and it, it follows his trails of. He gets on a cargo ship to get there and he works his passage as a cook. And then it, it takes him months to get from where he lands across to uh, Bonneville, working his way and people helping him. And he sort of, he, he manages to get there. And he, he, was, he was 68 years old, wasn't he? Yes. And he had, oh, a heart, yeah. he had a heart condition. So the, he did, he the merity a, of he, the guy, he was, you know. He actually had a heart attack and he was told not to do it. But like the rest of us, sort of avid bikers, he upped his medication and carried on and off he went. So he, he did manage to get there and he did manage to do the runs. He had loads of problems, uh, one of which was he didn't pre-register, so they weren't going to let him actually ride. He didn't have the correct safety equipment, lots of little bits. but He had no everybody... parachute on his bike, did he? Yeah, everybody <laughs> else tried to help out though because they were sort of they did look at him as being, oh, you know, poor old fellas come all this way. So the other competitors sort of clubbed in and managed to get him in and sort of made it so he could actually do a run, not really thinking, I don't think, that he was actually going to sort of do anything. But he managed to do a, a, a speed run, which was, well, his top speed was 201 miles an hour. But I think he had a, an actual speed of 180 184.087 because they, they have to go in both directions and they take an average, yeah. I believe, don't they? Yeah, and I think so that was his official, is, official, yeah, his top speed. speed was a 201. And that actually, the record still stands today. No way, yeah, it's not been broken. And it was a no, 1920 yeah. bike, wasn't it? It was an Indian Scout streamliner, yeah, 1920 Indian Scout available on Amazon Prime, yeah. You can no, watch Easy is. Easy Rider on Netflix. The, yeah, the, the movie. Bikes. I would recommend the movie because the movie's fantastic and Anthony Hopkins is brilliant in the role, isn't he? It's a really engaging movie. I quite fancy yeah, the, the sound of that. The bike itself is still. It's in a hardware shop in New Zealand on show. Yeah, yeah, yeah in a place called uh, in in the in the Cargill, New Zealand. Is this bike? Uh, he died in, in 1978, did, uh, did Bert. 
but it was a 1920 Indian Scout Streamliner with 100 horsepower, 953cc V-twin. And he, and he, and he, was, he set the record. It, Good on him. It was a, it was a clever guy because he, he made his own barrels. He made yes, his own he pistons. Yes, he his own barrels, didn't he? Yeah, it yeah shows that he made movie. his own flywheel. He made his own cams, cam followers. He made his own slick tyres by getting a normal tyre and cutting off the nobbles with a... <laughs> With a, with a knife, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sounds like the sort of a hatchet job Badger would do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he did have a second bike, but he never actually got a chance to take that. He had a uh, a 1936 Velocette 650, yeah, and that he, he wanted to take that one, but he, he never made it. Uh, he never made it back. Right, yeah. Right. He, pretty, he pretty much made he made the, the whole bike himself, really. The the frame and. I'm going to move on, if that's all right, uh, Pigpen. I've got yeah. my next bike. Is uh, This is another slightly niche niche one, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, any of you guys seen the 1982 movie called An Officer and a Gentleman, starring Richard Gere? Love lit us up where, where we, we belong. belong. That's, that's the one, yeah, Richard where Gere. Where the eagle flies <laughs> over mountain skies. Well done. What a voice. Voice of an angel there. Yeah. <laughs> so this yeah. is the story of um, Richard Gere, who, who who goes off to the military academy to be. He's an officer candidate for the naval flight training. Uh, do you do you know, dearie lord, where that naval academy is? Oh, it'll be at some naval base somewhere in in America. Do you do you happen to know, Gremlin? I do. It's Annapolis in Maryland. I have been there. You've been there. Wow. I have. Wow. So there is a couple of times that that you see Richard Gere ride his bike on, in that. It appears throughout the movie. It's a ninety, a lovely nineteen seventy nine Triumph Bonneville. And now I can tell you that two were purchased for use in the movie. Both bought on August the fourth, fourth nineteen eighty one, brand new. They were slightly modified to make them look, you know, not completely standard they put different mirrors on and adjusted the suspension on one of them one of them was made had um upgraded suspension because it was made as sort of a stunt bike i would imagine at some point in the script there were some small jumps or something he was going to do i don't know why they would have upgraded the suspension and one was left as a road going version um and now i was looking into these bikes they're still in existence one of them is on display at planet hollywood in orlando florida the other one I stumbled across on an auction website um, where it had been listed back in 2014 for sale on this auction website. It was listed for only £11,000 and it was a genuine bike ridden by Richard Gere in the movie. I don't know what it went for because it was a private auction and it has since disappeared. So some collector has bought that bike up and who knows what's happened to it. Maybe it's being ridden. Maybe it's in a... In a garage somewhere under a dust sheet, but those are the the uh, the Triumph Bonnevilles, nineteen seventy nine Bonnevilles, using an officer and a gentleman. Right, moving on, go. moving on. I've got. I I couldn't. We couldn't do this list without mentioning a few Bond bikes, could we? So I have got th three very quick Bond movies to mention. Number one in my Bond list for your eyes only, nineteen eighty one, and this will be a this will be a bike close to Gremlin's heart. This is a Roger Moore Bond movie. And in this movie, there is a motorcycle stroke ski chase. Okay, so Bond's on skis and he is being chased by a pair of henchmen. 
and they are riding Yamaha XT500s, and they've got spike mm. wheels on, machine guns on the side of the bikes, and they're chasing Roger Moore's James Bond on these bikes. And interestingly enough, one of the henchmen in this movie is Tywin Lannister himself from Game of Thrones, Charles Dance. He's a young Charles Dance, and he's one of the guys on the XT500s. Good scene. And he's the one at the end that actually picks the bike up and throws it. Does he? No, that's the that's the Russian. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so that's the For Your Eyes Only um, Wonderful motorbike. The XT500. And Gremlin's got one in his collection. I have. I have. Uh, so what were you going to tell us about the 500? Bloody difficult to start at times because of the uh, compression. And, it sh- you know, in the film, they just show them waiting outside a florist when James Bond goes in and he sees the, uh, the female star uh, walking around. And they just quickly kickstart the motorbikes and off right. they go. It probably takes me about 10 minutes to get mine started because you've got to uh, get the compression right and then start it. So there are, brilliant 500, motorbikes. there are 500 XT, single. Yep. Thumpers of the nose. So do they yeah. not have um, Do they not have a, a compression valve then? To ease, yeah, they do. They but, do you, so. but also, if you look down to your right-hand side, there's a little barrel and you have to uh, line up like the mercury in the middle. And once it's there, you know the compression's right. But it, and you, you know, give it a, a big kick, the that, biggest yeah. kick you can give it. But I actually bought that motorbike because I thought they were fantastic, and the film was one of my favourite Bond films, and I just love those motorbikes. So you've got the two fifty and the five hundred. Yeah, I tried to get one that turned the um, indicators into machine guns, but I couldn't find <laughs> those parts anywhere in the internet. Okay, so but next Bond movie. Next Bond movie. This is Tomorrow Never Dies, 1997. This time, Pierce Brosnan plays Bond. This is just an honourable mention very quickly. Sounds like, it's a, sounds like it's a BMW coming along. It is, yes. You might remember the scene where Pierce Brosnan is handcuffed to the Bond girl and they jump on a BMW R1200C, which is the cream-coloured BMW cruiser bike, I suppose you could call it. Uh, it's still a boxer engine, the standard, uh, you know, R1200 boxer engine. But it's a lovely looking bike and they are chased. If I, Am I right thinking they're chased by a helicopter in that movie? I think That's they're so chased cool. by a helicopter. And, it, and they're riding, the girl is uh, sat on a, sort of across his lap, facing backwards and he's facing forwards. They sit that way around because they're handcuffed together. Um, yeah. and, they, yeah. and that's the BMW. And, and we have a chapter member who owns one, our, our own VP, Gary Tuaz has has the BMW R1200. He actually just had it MOT'd this week because he's going to be riding it. Do you know if it went through all right? Yeah, it went through fine. It's 12 years old, 20-odd thousand miles. And a Bond bike. And finally, another one I wanted to mention very quickly, Goldeneye. Anyone remember Goldeneye? 1995. I think that's Piers Piers Brosnan again. Um, There's a scene at the beginning of the movie where it's lots of snow scenes in these movies, aren't there, these Bond movies? This is a Russian base, and there is a scene where uh, the the, Bond blows the base up, basically, and he's being chased by all the Russians. And a plane, unpiloted plane, goes off a cliff drops away out of sight and bond jumps on a kajiva w16 which is like a scrambler adventure bike 600 cc motocross bike and he chases after this plane rides the bike off the cliff bins the bike and skydives down to this plane skydives into the plane through the door jumps in the pilot seat and flies away it's absolutely crazy but it's a great scene but that's a kajiva and interestingly enough at the beginning of that scene it's it's supposedly a uh, a backflash if you like and it says you know 
back in 1987 and he's riding this Kajiva, which didn't exist at the time. So he's riding a bike in that scene that wasn't made for another six years. So a little bit of a continuity error there in the, in the movie. So those are the three motorbikes that I liked. I mean, the, you've got, you've also got the, uh, the spy who loved this, uh, the spy who loved me torpedo Z Kawasaki Z 900 with the, with the sidecar with a torpedo on. And there's, yep. there's just loads of bike motorbikes that are used in scenes in the bond movies, but I didn't want to go, well, on do we long. know the name of the new Bond film that didn't come out last year that's coming out this year? No, what is it? I can't remember. It slips my mind. However, <laughs> however, there is a motorbike chase in that, and I think it's Triumph Scramblers they're using. Right, cool, cool. Now, there's only one more bike I wanted to mention before. You know, this will be the one we finish on now, and this isn't an iconic bike. It's an awful bike, really, by anyone. It's a Honda VTX. <laughs> Oh, no, it's not. It's from the movie True Lies. So we've gone full circle. We're back with Schwarzenegger, Arnie Schwarzenegger, 1994, True Lies. Fantastic spy movie. What have you got there, Big Pen? The new film, <laughs> No oh, Time new... to Die. No Time to Die, yes. So um, True Lies, 1994. Um, there is a scene in this movie, you may remember, where Art Malik, who is a British actor who plays the villain of the movie, um, steals a G Kawasaki GPZ500S and he does a runner on this bike and Schwarzenegger steals a police horse and jumps on a horse and chases him. There's a pursuit with Schwarzenegger on the horse, Art Malik on the GPZ, who rides the bike through a hotel foyer, through a shopping area, ends up riding the bike into a glass elevator and goes up. Schwarzenegger jumps in another elevator on the horse. They end up on a rooftop of a building. And uh, the scene finishes with Art Malik jumping the GPZ from rooftop to another uh, skyscraper rooftop and landed in the swimming pool and it's 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 a gpz 500 they're awful i mean i shouldn't make fun because there are probably listeners out there that own them they were very popular with dispatch riders back in the late 80s my dad my dad had one actually but they're an inline twin 500 and they're just why didn't they pick a cbr 600 or something for that scene i have no idea maybe it was because they couldn't fit one in a in the lift but yeah honorable mention for the gpz there <laughs> And we're all done. Right then, guys. So our next segment is, um, again, uh, about, well, it's sort of linked to movies. We thought we'd stay on the movie theme and we are doing actors. But this time they are actors who also happen to be Freemasons. So they're Masons by the square, by the level, by the plumb rule, by the compasses and by the all seeing eye. The craft, Danny, the craft. And that's from the movie The Man Who Would Be King. That was Michael Caine, in case you didn't recognise the voice there. But, uh, yeah, so we've got famous Freemasons who are actors. And I'm going to start off. I have uh, a chap by the name of Vass Blackwood, who's a British actor. Um, you may have seen him on early on in his career on The Lenny Henry Show. Do you remember Lenny Henry did a character called Delbert? Yes. He used to go, totally wicked. Well, he had a sidekick by the name of Winston. I don't know if you remember that, but that was Vass Blackwood who played Winston on that show. He also, uh, Vass also appeared in Only Fools and Horses. He was a long-time uh, star of Casualty, played a character called David Sinclair. But I know him, and you will probably know him, from Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, Never seen a, it. Oh, man, you've got to watch that movie. It's so oh, good. He plays a character called... 
Rory Breaker, a gang, because it's all London gangsters, and he plays this mm-hmm. London gangster who's a bit of a psychopath. But he has a famous line in the movie where he says, "If the milk turns out to be sour, I ain't the kind of pussy to drink it." Um, but he's also Vass, worshipful brother Vass has appeared in the Sky documentary Inside the Freemasons, and he's on that with his. Uh, provincial gear on so he's obviously a provincial officer um i couldn't find out any information obviously the fraternity being what it is fairly private i don't know which lodge lodge he's a member of and i don't know when he was initiated but very open and proud to be a freemason is worshipful brother vass so that's my first actor british actor Vass blackwood well done like that like that well i'm going to move on to um both of mine are American. They're both dead, so they were actors. But the first one I'm going to talk about is a very famous actor who was born in 1907 in Cadiz, Ohio. And if you've said the phrase, quite frankly, I don't give a damn, would you know A, the film? Um, Scarlett O'Hara, what's that? Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. And the actor is Clark Gable. Now, the reason why I like Clark Gable and why I want to speak about him is fantastic actor, Freemason, but also a wartime pilot. And I live in a little village called Tokwith. And during the World, World War II, Tokwith had an airbase and it was um, an American airbase, mainly American stationed here. And it was known as REF Marston Moor because there's a top cliff further up the A1. So they didn't want to confuse the two with Topwith and Top Cliff in case it got confused over the airwaves. So it was Marston Moor because Topwith's very close to the historical battle site from the uh, English Civil War of Marston Moor. And Clark Gable was stationed here in no Topwith at REF Marston Moor. So there wow, you go. World. In World War II, he was a second lieutenant in the 8th Air Force, uh, resigning with the rank of major. Now, from a, a, a Masonic point of view, um, it says he was raised in Beverly Hills Lodge number 528 on October the 31st, 1933, having received his other degrees on September the 19th and October the 17th of the same year. Um, he died in, no, in on November 17th, 1960. Uh, but I think really perhaps his most famous film was um, the one we've spoken about, but he was in so many other films. Mutiny on the Bounty, Strange Cargo, obviously Gone with the Wind, The Hucksters, The Wide Missouri, Lone Star, Mogambo, Soldier of Fortune and Idiot's Delight. So there you go. He received the award Oscar of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences for his role in It Happened One Night, and that was in 1934. Brother Clark Gable, Oscar winner, stationed in my little village during the war. Awesome. What are the chances of that? It's a small world, isn't it? And he was a proper old-time silver screen megastar, wasn't he, Clark Gable? He was. He was. Pigpen, what do you got for us? I'll start off with uh, Brother Roy Rogers. <laughs> Had a horse called Trigger. Oh, the fella. <laughs> You'll remember him first time round here, Gremlin. I do, I do. Is he the guy that used to say yippee ki 
No, that was uh, you'll find that was what's his name uh, from Bruce the Willis. Thingy films. <laughs> Bruce Willis. Oh, I've got I've got I've got Pig Pen's Alzheimer's. <laughs> Death Wish. John McCabe. John McCabe. No, John, yeah, John McLean from McLean. Bruce Willis. Yeah. But he yeah. said Yippee Kaye with a colourful expletive at the end. But didn't he steal that from Roy Rogers though? The Yippee Kaye. Don't know. Don't know. But I also not to be confused with Trigger from Any Fools and Horses. Hmm. Anyway, sorry, Pigpen. Oh, we, we interrupted you a little there. That's all right. Born in uh, 1912 in Ohio, he was formerly a singer. Was his uh, was his background? So yeah, he starred in uh, 89 westerns. A member of the Hollywood Lodge, number 355. Is that 355 um, in uh, normal normal letters, figures, characters? Three five five. I guess that would have been a lodge full of actors, wouldn't it? Full of actors and movie producers a, and directors. As, as Holly- and- yeah, as a Hollywood lodge, and I thought it would have been uh, that business there with the, yeah, yeah, with that sort of business in, in especially at that time of uh, time of years when it was very much silver screen was the the big thing of Hollywood, wasn't it? Yes. We we have, if I can just interrupt, we have a lodge in the UK which is very similar to that type of thing, full of actors, producers, directors, screenwriters, and all that sort of stuff. People involved in that in that uh, in that business, and it's called Lassels. No, four seven nine six based no, out of Weatherby. No, <laughs> no, it's called Chelsea Lodge. Yes, you may have heard of it, but so, yes. um, we'll circle back to that on my next actor. So sorry, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, no, go for it. That was. Uh... Uh, you've done your Roy Rogers there, have you? Yeah, fast. Brother Roy Rogers. Yippee Kaye. Yippee Kaye, Roy Rogers. And the horse was called Trigger, was it? Yeah, Trig- Trigonomics. That was, that was, that it was his uh, mathematical horse. Trigonometry. Yeah, well, that ties in with masonry, doesn't it? Uh, okay, so so my, my next actor, brother Peter Sellers. Ever heard of Peter Sellers? He was well known for, for being one of the goons. With Spike Milligan and sounds um, like the three of us. <laughs> yeah, the goons. Spike Milligan, Peter Sellers, and um, who was the last guy? Michael Benteen. Michael Benteen. That's right. Yeah, um, he was also known for movies, ealing comedies such as Lady Killers, uh, but most pr- uh, prominently for his role as Inspector Clouseau in yeah. Pink Panther movies. He, there was about yeah. five Pink no Panther kettle. movies. Not now, Keto. Not now, Keto. But he did. Uh, this is a, a a a line that I always remember. There was a scene where he was with a um a guy, uh, an organ grinder, with a monkey on the top, and he turns to this guy and he says, "Do you have a license for your minky?" Yes, for your minky. Your chimpanzee minky. <laughs> um, there's also a famous scene with him as Cluzo where he says, "Does your dog bite?" And the guy goes, "No, Monsieur." And then he goes to pet the dog and the dog bites him. And he goes, I thought you said your dog does not bite. He goes, Monsieur, that is not my dog. <laughs> but he was also in um, Dr. Strangelove. He played that Nazi scientist in Dr. Strangelove. Um, uh, comic genius, apparently. He was thought to have been the, the biggest comic genius since Charlie Chaplin. He was initiated into, you guessed it, Chelsea Lodge number 3098 on the 16th of July, 1948. And he, rumour has it, allegedly, he attended only three meetings at Chelsea Lodge. Guess what those meetings were? His first, his second and his third degrees. There you go. That's that's the rumour, yeah. Mm. And he was married, one of his marriages was to Britt Eklund, who was a famous... Um, 
Was she Swedish or she was a Swedish. model anyway? Swedish yeah. model. And unfortunately, brother Peter died of a heart attack at the age of only 54 back in 1980. He'd suffered from a heart problem for 15 years. And he was a little bit of a, you know, he, he was a bit of a rock star, really. He was a, he liked his fast cars, his fast women, and he liked to drink and didn't look after himself. But by all, all accounts, a comic genius. And I love Peter Sellers. I thought he was yeah. fabulous in the Pink Panther movies. So there you go. That's Brother Peter Sellers. Who's next? Well, I'm going back to America to a brother larger than life who has the first name Marion. Marion Robert Morrison, better known as John Wayne. John Wayne. Now, what a larger than life character is the Duke. And the Duke was a Freemason. Wow. He was, um, he got his first degree July the 9th, 1970. He was a Freemason like his father before him. And it says receiving his craft degrees in July 1970 in the Marion McDaniel Lodge 56 in Tuscan, Arizona. He also joined the York Rites bodies in California and became a Shriner. Now, I've heard the phrase Shriner quite a few times, and I'm sure it's, it's associated with Freemasonry, but I don't really know in what sort of um, the, the way that the, they are together. It's a side order, as far as I'm aware. Right. The mystic shrine of the something or other. And he became a, sh a Shriner in the Al Malachi Shrine Temple located in Long Beach, which also, if uh, Pigpen had been doing his homework properly, that's where Brother Roy Rogers was. And oh. Both cowboy actors. He didn't write it. Who didn't write it? <laughs> I think if, if, if you read it through, he was at the Los a member of the Al Malachi Shrine Temple. So there you go. But for me, um, can anybody remember his name? of the movie and his character where he got his Oscar. I'm going to say True Grit. Correct. Rooster Coburn. Absolutely. What Love a that fantastic movie. film that was. Fill your hands, you son of a bitch. There you go. So John Wayne. There was a song, wasn't there? John, Lane is, John Wayne is Big Leggy or somebody sang that in about the 80s or something. But he is one of the all-time greatest actors uh, with a woman's name and a Freemason. So over to Excellent. you. This is Richard Dreyfus. You may remember Richard Dreyfus playing the lead character of Roy in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He also played... <laughs> That's the one. Uh, you're going to do the sound effect for my next movie as well, please. He played Hooper in Jaws. Yeah, he played Hooper, the ocean, ocean, whatever you call oceanographer. He was also going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, he was also in graf uh, American Graffiti. He yeah. won two Oscars in his career. He won a Best Actor uh, in a Leading Role in 1978 for a movie called The Goodbye Girl, which was a sort of romantic comedy. And he won his second Oscar in 1996 for Mr. Holland's Opus. He was also in, I love this movie, anyone remember Stakeout? In 1967 yes. with Emilio oh, yeah. Estevez. Love that movie. Uh, what about Bob with... Um, Bob Hope? No, the actor from... No, uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray from Groundhog Day. He was in that with uh, with Bill Murray. Apparently Wild Hog Day. 
uh, Groundhog. Groundhog. Day. Groundhog day. Um, he uh, apparently they had a bit of a falling out film in that. But here we go. So he was actually a mason. He was get this. He was made a mason in 2011. 2011. He was attending a masonic banquet celebrating 200 years of the Grand Lodge in in where was it? District of Columbia. Now the Grand Master was there at this masonic banquet. Uh, Richard Dreyfus was giving a speech about his charitable foundation called the Dreyfus Initiative. And the Grand Master made him a Master Mason by sight. I'm doing finger quotes here. Made him a mace, Master Mason by sight, which apparently is a, uh, a power that many jurisdictions have for a Grand Master, where a Mason is made at sight. It's the power and prerogative in many directions of a Grand Master to declare a man a Master Mason with an abbreviated ceremony without having to attend a first, second or third degree ceremony. He also made him a 32nd degree Scottish Rite Mason on the spot. So I'm guessing it's the equivalent, you know, how universities will make an honor, you know, give somebody an honorary doctorate. It's the same sort of thing as that. Um, and it is, it is a power that grandmasters have, which has been dated back to uh, as early as the 1730s in England. Um, right. But apparently it's not, obviously not done very, very often. But Richard Dreyfus was made a master mason with, a, I guess, the click of a finger and a wave of a hand and a very short ceremony. And, and, and he's a mason. So there you go, Richard Dreyfus. Do you know if he's a, is he an active mason or is I don't I don't know if he's ever attended any lodge meetings. I would imagine he probably has. Um, um, I haven't seen him at Harlow. No, no. And I mean, if he's going to go anywhere, he's going to go to Harlow, isn't he? How was I to know you were a mason? That's like Come the on. millennium fault. You like it. Starting you love off. it, don't you? It's my jingle. Okay, <laughs> so. <laughs> Chewbacca out there. Right, so who's got the first message? Has anyone got anything Well, for I us? do actually have a message. I would like to say get well to one of our members, uh, John Triple B Fisher, who's had a heart attack. Yes. So get well, Trip. Yeah, Let's take care, Trip. Quad. He uh, apparently, uh, he listened to episode one, two, and three, in hospital, and it and it cured him of all his problems. So the medicine he was high on morphine at the time. He said it's the best thing he's ever listened to. But I tell you, if you're on morphine and pethidine, anything's good to listen to. Yeah, and if anyone wants to know, his road name is Triple B, stands for Triple Bypass, and you know, all being well, we won't have to change his name to Quad. That's yeah, the or Angina. Yeah. Right. So have we got any messages, any emails, anything from anyone? Yes, I would like to say a quick shout out as well to all the blood bikers. We have a new candidate as, uh, for ridings chapter, uh, Brother Lawrence, who is a blood biker and they do a sterling job across the country. So well big done, shout guys. out to all you blood bikers. You do a great job. Not to mention our ex-president, Compo, who's also a blood biker. So yes. hello to Compo if you're listening. Yeah. Right, I've got a message here. This came across on Reddit. I'm a Reddit user, as you probably know. Um, mm -hmm. On the Freemasonry sub, I posted a link last month to our last episode, and we received a comment from somebody called Zoshu. So Zoshu commented quite simply, uh, bro brothers, <laughs> he put down brothers at their finest. So thank you very much, Soshu, for that message. Very kind of you. He certainly won't be saying that this month. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, John favoured us, uh, us on Anchor FM. 
So John, Hello, John. Is an anchor. Thank you, John. Oh, Jonathan, Jonathan on Anchor Jonathan. FM. And I've got an email from Marty re Vincent Motorcycles. Hey, Ridecast, check out the Batman Forever movie with Val Kilmer. Bruce Wayne shows Robin around his car and motorcycle collection at Wayne Manor. Robin, played by Chris O'Donnell, sports a pair of or spots a pair of Vincent Black Knights. So it's official. Batman rides a Vincent. So wow. thank you, Marty. Black, black. What are they? Black knights. Yeah, Vincent is, Black Knights. Which is interesting because uh, Batman is the is the Dark Knight, isn't he? So the Dark Knight on a Black Knight. There you I go. Just, that's why they use them. I've not, I've, we didn't cover Black Knights, did we, in uh, in our episode about Vincent? So I don't remember recall talking about them. I have to no, look them up. What have you got, Pig Pen? Uh, we have an email off uh, Byron. He says, "Dear Pig Pen, Gremlin, and Yakka, I think that many people's perception of bikers, especially when in large groups, is that we are scary and unapproachable. Uh, given that you guys are not only bikers." but are also Masons, how do you feel the public perceives you when you are out and about? Mm. Well, uh, Pig Pen's scary. You know, he's quite mm. scary and unapproachable. Yeah. Uh, Gremlin, Gremlin's, Gremlin's riding scary. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, very we, approachable. No, but he makes a good point. Oh, yeah. Byron, you make a good point because, you know, when we're out in a group of 15 or 20 of us and we're riding around on the big noisy bikes and we're wearing our cuts, I could see how, you know, some people might find us slightly intimidating. But when we park up and we get off our bikes and we go in and we order waffles and ice cream and, you know, cups of tea, we're not so scary anymore, I don't think. And we've, I think we're fairly approachable, don't you? Yeah, we are. Also, the fact that we've got um, Masonic emblems and our cuts people who are freemasons will know that that we are masons um i actually went to before lockdown last year the uh royal Horticultural society harlow car in harrogate uh tess and i rode there we had our cuts and i had my cut on and an old boy came up to me and said hello i'm a freemason and i can see you are too so you know people do find us approachable if they know what we are I had a similar thing happen to me uh, on the way home from a ride one day. Me and Vicky popped into the local Tesco's near where we lived and we were wandering around, picking up a bit of shopping on the way home. And I heard a voice behind me say, hello, brother. And I turned around and there was a chap behind me. He'd obviously spotted the symbols on my cut and we had a we had a little chat. So he spotted, you know, the Masonic stuff. The general public, I think some people are aware of that square and compass symbol aren't they yep and, they are uh, but you know we most people um are quite happy to see bikers they because they're interested in the in the bikes yeah. and they they like to come over and have a look around the but the old the older chaps love looking at the bikes don't they and the kids we had um a ride out to gothland once i was with uh I was with alien and a few other guys can't remember who was with us that day and there was a family there at gothland station and for those of you that don't know gothland station is the station that they used um in heartbeat uh they, well it's in heartbeat but that station the railway stations used in the harry potter movies yeah it's the hogwarts station or whatever so we were there doing you know taking some photographs for a post on the facebook page and there was a family there with a few kids and they came over and wanted to chat with us and the, we sat the kids on the bikes and started the engines up and they were revving the engines and i think it's it's good that we're getting masonry out there in the in you know out there to the public we're, we're the, there aren't many opportunities for freemasons to 
you know, to get out in public and say, we're the Freemasons, this is who we are. And we're, I, I think the Widow Sons are the front line there, really. We're, we're out in the public riding around and meeting yeah. people, aren't we? So exactly. I think we come across say, as very friendly. Yeah, I've got another email, unless anybody else wants to go first. No, go ahead, go ahead. This is from, from a, <laughs> this is uh, from, a, all I have to say, it, it, it's now known as the Pig Pen Pals. Um, <laughs> The PPP. postman's sack is getting fuller every month with fan mail for our own, very own pig pen. He is the pensioner's heartthrob. I've got one here. This is from Edna. She's 84 from Enfield. And she says, PP, as I like to call him, is my favourite. <laughs> I think he gets bullied by Gremlin. And I think Yak is nasty to him as well. If you'd like to come around to my nursing home, I'll make sure that he has a wonderful night with me. Well, Edna, <laughs> he's all yours. Oh, that's, that's lovely. What a lovely well, invitation. That's, that's sweet. Well, well, yeah. thank you very much, Edna. I would be more than happy to, uh, <laughs> to pop round. Your little yeah. PP. Uh, yeah, yeah, bless him. I'll, I'll pop round. And you are right, Edna. Gremlin is a complete... We're not that bad to him. We would just do a little bit of fun poking now and again, but he's trust me, yeah. he's a he's a big tough biker. Edna mentioned the word poking, but I think she was talking about something else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be coming over to Topcliffe and giving you a poking luggle. Get yourself round to Edna's, have a nice bit of Victoria sponge and a hot cup of tea. You'll love it. Yeah. It's what we live for, isn't it? I've yeah. got a message here. Um, basically, it was just a, a, a message from Worf. You, everyone knows Worf. Oh, yeah. He's another widow's son. And he's been he's been uh, sending me messages just saying that he's enjoying the, um, the show. He's finding it very informative and good fun. And I just wanted to mention him and say, cheers, Worf. Thanks for your messages of encouragement. Uh, I've got another one here. That's from uh, Brother... Ian Price from the newly formed Widow Sons Surrey chapter. He wants to know when the ridings are planning our trip down to Ace Cafe, as the Surrey chapter would like to meet us there. Excellent. So, hot off the press, we can tell you now. Press. It we will be there. Friday the 23rd of July and or Saturday the 24th of July. Yeah, and if we can get Iceni as well to uh, meet us there. In fact, Open invitation here to any chapters that want to yeah. meet us down there. I see near nearby. Surrey chapter are planning to come up and meet us. Ridings are on their way down. If anyone else wants to get, let's have a big widow sons gathering there. Not too big though, because we don't want to upset anyone and you know with social distancing or anything. But we're well outside of the uh, the restrictions there, aren't we? And you know, yeah, so like like July. No, it'd be nice to have a have, have a little get together. Get twenty or thirty yeah, of us there together. Excellent, well, easy, yeah. We, we could bring the uh, Radcast Roadshow down and do a live segment. I, I will definitely record a segment while we're down there and interview a few people. And yeah, that'll be good so, fun. Edna, a date for your diary, July the 23rd. <laughs> yeah, Edna and what were the other ones? Vera, was it? There's a few of them anyway. He's got, he's got this fan club building now. I don't know how he does it. I know. I've got another message here from our very own Badger who wants us to do a segment on close calls and mistakes, which I think is not a bad idea. because we've, so. we've all we've all got had a them, very but... close call putting that seat on his bike. <laughs> dear, oh dear, keep it clean, Gremlin. <laughs> keep it clean. You're giving me more work to do. 
I think yeah. he's talking about riding mistakes oh, okay, and riding okay. close calls. Yeah. But what I would like to do is I'd like to send out an invitation to any of our listeners who have a good story about a close call or a funny mistake on a bike. Email it in, ridecast at hotmail.com. Send your stories in. We'd yeah. love to read them. Um, if you want to do it anonymously, that's fine. We won't read out any names, but let's hear your stories and we'll do a segment and, and include your stories. Oh, I've just had a text come in talking about... Oh, it's from Brother Richard Dreyfus. He said he had a close encounter once. (laughs) (laughs) Right, guys. um, I think we're all done, aren't we? I think so. Well well and truly done. (laughs) Stick a fork in me, I'm done. Right, so I'm going to say thanks to everyone for listening. We will catch you in four weeks' time on episode five. This is Yaka signing off. Good night from me. And it's good night from him. All right, we'll catch you all in a few weeks, guys. Bye-bye now. Bye. <laughs> good night. Bye. See you later. Bye.